Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back. This episode is going to expand on the idea of labels and is in the vein, is in the theme of our self-identity, self-concept. Now, our self-concept, our self-identity, is responsible for everything we create in our life. We cannot outperform our idea of ourselves. And when I say performance, I mean every aspect of your life, how you show up, how you perform your job, how do you, how do you perform as a lover, as a partner, Your performance is a mix of how you be and what you do. So as a consequence, how you think about yourself impacts everything. And one of the things that factors in to your self-concept is what you call yourself, what your name is, and what you allow other people to call you. Whether it's your given name or one that you've adopted along the way, perhaps a nickname or one that you made up. All these have meaning, and we actually associate our identity with our name. And even your family name can denote a certain amount of respect from other people or yourself, depending on the heritage. It could demand a certain amount of decorum on your part to live up to the name, to to live up to the reputation. Now, some names are associated with people from history, and it has more power, more meaning than just a mere word. In 1931, Michael King Sr. became the pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Georgia. And through his ministry, he increased attendance in the church from 600 to several thousand. And as a reward, the church sent him on a multinational tour. He went to Rome, Tusnia, Egypt, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and finally Berlin for a meeting of the Baptist World Alliance. And while in Berlin... He witnessed firsthand the rise of Nazism and the atrocities against the Jews and the people of color. He took a personal offense at the racism and the bias presented before him. Now, what you may not also know, that in Berlin, it was the birthplace of the Reformation, where Catholic priest Martin Luther rewrote the Bible, which was then only published in Latin, and transcribed it into German, a language of the people. You see, before Martin Luther transcribed the Bible, your only way to know the Word of God was essentially through the church, because most people did not know Latin. In transcribing the Bible into German, Martin Luther was excommunicated from the Catholic Church, and he ended up starting his own church, the Lutheran Church. But Martin Luther was considered a rebel. Upon returning to the United States... Michael King Sr. changed his name to Martin Luther King Sr. and also changed the name of his son, Martin Luther King Jr. When one considers the the heritage of the name Martin Luther and how pivotal he was in history, I wonder if that had anything to do, any impetus for Martin Luther King Jr. to rise to be a leader of change, social change. In 1964, fighter Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali to reflect a new chapter in his life. He was giving up his slave name, as he called it, 
in adopting a name of his new religion, one with more significance, more grandeur. But rather than have me tell you the story, I'm going to have Muhammad Ali, in his own words, tell you why he changed his name and what his new name meant. And then there's a short clip of uh, an exchange with Ernie Terrell in 1967, when Terrell would not call him Muhammad Ali. And then I'll tell you what happened as a result of that. Why do you insist on being called Muhammad Ali now? That's my original name. That's a black man named Cassius Clay was my slave name. I'm no longer a slave. What does it mean? Muhammad means worthy of all praises, and Ali means most high. Why don't you like to be called Clay anymore? No, Clay was not my name. Clay was a white man's name. It was a slave name. And I'm no longer Clay. I'm no longer a slave. So now I'm Muhammad Ali. Do you answer to Clay anymore? Well, some people, they still say Clay. Sports writers still call you Clay. No, I, I stop them because they know better than some walk up. How you doing, boy? How you feeling, Cassius? Uh, meet Mr. Clay, fine boy. Then I have to straighten him out because he's agitating and smart and bossy. But it's according to how they approach me. What follows is an exchange between fighter Ernie Terrell and Muhammad Ali when they were interviewed by sports announcer Howard Cosell in a pre-fight interview. I'd like to say something right here. You know, Cassius Clay, yes. Why do you want to say Cassius Clay when Howard yes. Cosell and everybody is calling you Muhammad Ali? Now, why you got to be the one of all people who's color to keep saying Cassius Clay? Uh, Howard Cosell is not the one who's going to fight you. I am. <laughs> you uh, make it really you... hard on yourself now. Well, why uh, don't you keep the thing in the sport angle? Why don't you call me my name, man? Well, what's your name? You told me your name was Cassius Clay a few I years ago. I never told you my name was Cassius Clay. My name is Muhammad Ali, and you will announce it right there in the center of that ring after the fight if you don't do it now. For the benefit of this broadcast, him, all right? You uh, just acting just like an old Uncle Tom. Another flawed policy. I'm going to punish you. Let me tell you something, man. You ain't got no business Back off don't call me no Uncle Tom. That's man. what you are, uh, Uncle Tom. Why are you going to call me Uncle Tom? What you I ain't gonna, you heard me. me no Just Uncle back Tom. off of me. And so, ladies and Uncle gentlemen, Tom? as the two contestants prepare for you battle right now. Back off of me, man. Back off of me, man. Another interview has been recorded for posterity. Ali and Terrell went on to fight 15 rounds. And it was about the seventh round, about midway through the fight that Ali, every time he would hit Terrell, and, and Ali was totally outboxing Terrell, every time he would hit Terrell, he'd ask, what's my name? Every time he hit him again and again, what's my name? He drove the point home in more ways than one. Ali ended up winning the fight by unanimous decision, and Terrell did eventually call him Muhammad Ali. But it was that fight that also garnered Ali a new respect within the sports world. One reason I like this story so much is that it wasn't just a person changing their name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. It wasn't just simple words. It was an entire shift of identity. It was a completely new chapter where he left the old life behind, the history of slavery, and he declared himself an emissary of God, a child of God. What is also interesting in that interview exchange between Terrell and Muhammad Ali, when Ali called him an Uncle Tom, 
Terrell took great offense to that. See, when Shakespeare said, a rose is a rose by any other name, he was basically saying you cannot change the nature of a thing by simply calling it something else. But that's not true of a human being. When you declare a name for yourself, when you own a name and has meaning behind it, it is oh so much more. It actually gives rise to your identity. So what are some other instances where you might want to change your name? Sometimes you go through a spiritual rebirth and your old name just doesn't fit anymore. Stephen Gray went through just such a transformation. After he went through his awakening, he became known as Adishanti. He adopted a Zen Buddhist name. Virtually every guru in the Hindu culture, once they achieve enlightenment, nirvana, they adopt a spiritual name to signify their new being. Now, you could adopt a new name as a transition, just like Muhammad Ali did, as you stepping into a new role in your life or a new chapter in your life. Carol Gawain adopted the name Shakti Gawain in the 70s when it marked a new transition in her life. She was letting go of old ideals. She was coming out of the human potential movement of the 60s and was embracing new ideas such as free love, unconventional marriage, unconventional living. Shakti is a Sanskrit term which has multiple meanings, but Shakti Gawain adopted it to stand for the creative female energy, the divine feminine. And she became a prolific writer in the 70s and 80s and one of the most celebrated uh, authors or emissaries of the New Age. Some other interesting name changes that you may not be familiar with One is Archibald Leach, who was an English-American actor, also known professionally as Cary Grant. And then there's the actor Thomas Maypother III. Now, you may not recognize him as the star of Top Gun, Mission Impossible, and a hundred other movies. You probably know him as Tom Cruise. Now, Now, the real question I think needs asking, would he be as successful if he used the name Thomas Maypother, makes you wonder, doesn't it? How about Stephanie Germanata, also known as Lady Gaga? Now, many actors and entertainers uh, adopt a pseudonym in order to be more marketable, more memorable, and to stand out from the crowd. Obviously, Tom Cruise is a lot more marketable than Thomas Maypother. Now, something that I found interesting is when Arnold Schwarzenegger was getting into the acting world, he was strongly encouraged to drop and change his last name. He was told that no one could pronounce it, and certainly no one could hardly even spell it. And Arnold said, well, they'll have to learn. So there's times where you should change your name or could change your name, and there's times to keep the name you have. Now, when I went through my spiritual awakening when I was 28, I was uh, in the wondering, you know, should I change my name? Because I felt different. I saw myself as different. I saw my entire life differently. And I briefly considered the name Don Sananda, which uh, (laughs) I'm glad I didn't pick that one. But in hindsight, I realized that I actually liked my name. Although, you know, in my younger years, I went by Danny by my mom, my grandmother, and, you know, some of my teachers. 
And a lot of the girls that I went to school with called me Danny and probably still do. Um, but then I, you know, my family pretty much knows me as Dan and all my friends knew me as Dan. But after age 28, I changed it to Daniel. I used Daniel all the time. I introduced myself as Daniel. I call myself Daniel, unless I'm kind of chewing myself out. <laughs> then I use the short name. But as a kid growing up, no one called me Daniel, except when my father wanted me home. I could still hear him stepping out the back door when I was out playing with the other kids in the neighborhood, and I would hear, Daniel Charles. And then all the neighbor kids would say, oh, oh Dan, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> that meant my dad meant business. But uh, we do go through an evolution as we grow up, as we change careers or change chapters in our life. And you can declare a new beginning at any point in time. Going back to the episode on how to rock a new beginning, you can declare a new chapter at any point in time. And sometimes that involves a name change or a shift in your identity. Now, you adopting a new name or a new pseudonym could be problematic if most of the people in your life know you by something else. So sometimes it requires you moving to a new location. And sometimes that's the perfect time when you move to a new city uh, to reinvent yourself because you're not encumbered by the expectations of other people in your life. But you can declare a new name for yourself and just be adamant that you start being called by your new name. And that's the way it was with me, with Daniel. I would correct people and just say, I'm now going by Daniel. I would prefer it if you call me Daniel. Now, something I also did is I ended up changing my last name. I grew up with the last name of Nouvelle. And after I turned 28, I ended up having a spirit guide portrait uh, drawn up for me uh, by Audrey Severins. Audrey would uh, meditate on my name and a picture of me, and then she would go to sleep, and she would be woken up by various guides that were associated with me, and then draw their portrait, and then write out a, a short story about them. And one of the guides that came through was Rodolphus de Novi, and he was very insistent on the pronunciation of the last name and the spelling, which included the D apostrophe. Later, I discovered through a genealogical search that my relatives had dropped the prefix when they immigrated to North America. And digging deeper, I indeed had a relative, Rodolphus de Novi. But even with that evidence, I was still a little skeptical. And in sitting with another channel, I asked if I could call in my guide, if they could identify my guide. And I just called him in by Rodolphus and the channel verified that the last name was pronounced De Novi. But I did not legally change my name until after I left FedEx. I went off on my own. It marked a new beginning, a new chapter of my life, and I adopted De Novi. And I ended up sealing the deal by making it legal, which you can legally change your name relatively easy by filling out a form and sending in a few hundred dollars. Uh, it's like between one and five hundred dollars, depending on your location. And it's a little bit more involved than that. But essentially, it's filling out a form. Now, if you're a previous felon or attempting to uh, escape a legal lawsuit, then they don't allow you to change your name. You may be at a point in your life where it makes sense. It feels appropriate to change your name, to create a new identity to live into. 
Or perhaps your name is Adolf, and you've lived with that all your life, and the teasing that goes along with that, and you are ready to change your name. And if that is the case, then take a lesson from Muhammad Ali. When you change your name, create a reason for it, and then tell everyone what the reason is. And then just own it. And if you have to, to prove a point, beat them into submission. I'm just kidding. Now, if you like your name, then research other people in history that have shared the same moniker, the same name as you. And then you can identify with them and create a a reference base of power that stands behind your name and stands behind you. And you'll see how it begins to subtly shift your perception of yourself, subtly shift your confidence. So that does it for today. This is actually something that I wanted to talk about for quite a while. And I'm just happy that it kind of came up the way it did. Now, if this is the first time you're listening to the Align Self Podcast, welcome. We have conversations around consciousness, self-identity, spirituality, intuition, peak performance living, anything that has to do with being a better human, having a better experience as a spiritual being having a human experience. You're welcome to join us in our Facebook group, the Align Self Podcast listeners Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. And you're welcome to check out the other offerings that I have on my link page, yesdaniel.com. So once again, thank you for your listening. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for being with me this far and into the future. If you haven't yet subscribed, by all means, subscribe so you get notified. This is Daniel Dano V. And until next time, follow your bliss and live the epic life. (laughs) 